It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 23rd of January. The Jazz continue to roll. It's 18 of 20. It's 13 of 14. The Jazz are simply the best team in the NBA right now. We'll talk about it. We'll take your questions. We'll do it all. It's Locked On Live for Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and making it a whole lot better. Hopefully making it a whole lot better every day to be a Utah Jazz fan. And that is a fun thing to be right now, is a Utah Jazz fan. No question asked about that. We will pump into the uh, phone line, or the listener lines and get your comments. Uh, We are live today on Locked On Live. So if you're listening on the regular podcast and it sounds a little different, uh, that's because we are live today on Instagram at DLock09. We are live on Locked On Live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. And we are live at Locked On Sports on Facebook as well as on Periscope. So feel free to jump into the chat rooms. Uh, We look forward to chatting with you about this team and what's going on. Uh, Last night's game, the Jazz just rolled. The Warriors aren't good. Uh, the Jazz are have crossed back into the realm of they're playing so well, they're setting the picks, they're doing all the physical things. If the opponent's not fully engaged, we're getting back to blowout mode. And, you know, for the last few years when the Jazz have been good, they just blow people out. And uh, I think the reason the Jazz just blow people out is because of the fact that they they play a particular style they play a particular uh, lot of picks, a lot of things of that nature, and it's hard. It's really hard to play us. And so if you're not totally in, it just gets it gets away from you. I think we saw that with Indiana, a tired team. I think we saw that with the Warriors, a not very good team. I think we've seen, you know, the Jazz have won a bunch of these games by 10. Some of the numbers right now are absurd. Absolutely 100% absurd. So let's walk through a few of them uh, just to share. So if we take the last 20 games of the season, which is kind of nice that we can just go grab that 20 game number because it eliminates Oklahoma City. So it's a little bit of a misleading number. But if you go take us from the 10th of December, when is the day after we get blown out by OKC, to today, we're 18 and two. This is a little self-serving. Our offensive rating is a 119.8. our effective field goal percentage, which weighs three-point shootings at 58.4. We're just by far the best offensive team in the league. Our net rating is number one in the league. <clears throat> Only the Bucks are ahead of us. Uh, our offensive rating of 119.8 is five points better than the Denver Nuggets, who are second at 114.5. And this is what's going to be interesting coming up. We played Denver twice. We played Dallas twice. We play the Spurs, I think, once or twice. We play the Rockets twice. They're all top 10 offensive teams that might be able to match us. And are we going to be able to maintain the offensive prowess we have right now if we start taking the ball out of the net instead of getting it off misses? Uh, Because we have been just brilliant off of misses. Our defense at this time period is the fifth best in the league. And we have not played a collection of great teams. That is certainly um, true, but the level by which the Jazz are blowing people out is extreme. 
in that time period, the Jazz are five points better than the rest of the league. The league, the Denver Nuggets are five points better as the second team in the NBA than the 16th offense in the league. That's actually a real phone, believe it or not, that's ringing in the background. You go to the last 14 games since Jordan Clarkson joined the Jazz uh, and we had the earthquake in Miami. You know, one one note on this is I, I do agree with the critics who say, okay, we haven't played, you know, we've only played two teams or above 500 and that's a little unusual. This is also now 17% of the season. Right now, for 17% of the season, and the only 17% of the season that we've had, the Jazz offensive rating is a 122.6. The next closest is Denver again at 116.1, as is Dallas, and San Antonio's right there. So we get right back into this game of the Jazz playing uh, with a the top-level um, offensive teams in the league. And again, into this question of whether or not taking the ball out of the basket is going to actually be the one thing that slows our offense down. We have been amazing, absolutely amazing, when we're taking the ball off a defensive rebound. Um, the uh, I'm, I'm getting a phone call right now. I'm trying to figure out what to do about it. Um there we go. I think I just dealt with it. Um, the uh, kind of almost answered it. Um, the after defensive rebounds for the year we are one point one four points per possession. Since the addition of Jordan Clarkson, and just kind of we are one point three three points per possession. That's not sustainable. That's an incredible number. 1.33 points per possession off defensive rebounds since the addition of Jordan Clarkson is a mind-blowing number to try to understand and see what the Jazz are doing. That's the one that will slow down. So as we play these upcoming games against better offensive teams and we now take the ball out of the net and our offensive rating is one 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 point. One four does that bring us back a little bit? That's that's the question I think everyone's wondering about in regards to like what's sustainable, what's not. The offensive rating comes back to the pack a little bit. I think when we play Denver, Dallas, San Antonio, who can score? Uh, our effective field goal percentage is fifty nine point one. That's excessively high. Uh, but you start digging into individual team player performances and it seems a little less crazy. So, for example, uh, last 14 games, who's vastly overachieving? Okay, Donovan's pretty good. He's at 50% for the field and 40% from three. That probably needs, that comes down a tiny bit. But frankly, he's not getting the most difficult shots. Boyan's at 47.35. That's just who he is. Rudy's at 70% from the field. That's just who he is. With Derek Favors not on the floor, that's what he was last year. Jordan Clarkson's at 46% and 33% from three. That's not, that's not, he's not unbelievable. Joe Ingles is at 50% from the field and 49% from three. That's a little high. 
That's going to come down a tiny bit. But there is an element where, like, Joe might be starting to get some good looks. Mike Conley is at 52% for the field and 30% from threes. Not in his realm right now. George Niang's at 48% from the field and 48% from three. That comes down a little bit. I don't think he's the best three-point shooter in the NBA, so that comes down a tiny bit. Roy Sunil's at 49% and 43% from three. So, we're, we've got a few guys that are up a little bit. We're rolling. We're playing really well. The element is going. Oh my gosh, Joe Ingles just popped on live and says, no one cares and I should get a haircut. Thank you, Joe. Joe might disagree with me that 49% from three would be dropping down. Um, I did not realize that Joe had jumped on Instagram Live. Locked out of the lo- of the practice facility. And um, Joe is so bored that he jumped on our Instagram Live tonight. Appreciate that, Joe. Nice to have you. You could do that little thing where you request to get on, and I would let you get on to the live show, too. Then you could just join us. I heard you did your radio show today already at 1280 The Zone. It's the best radio show ever done in the history of mankind. Goodbye, Joe. Nice to see you. Uh, so Joe Ingles stops by uh, on the team, uh, on the show. So when we look at what's going on, this team's just the number one offensive team in the league. And while there are minor little pieces, like Joe, for example, at 49, and maybe he's 43, and George Yang's at 48, and maybe he's at 42, there are not dramatic, drastic items here that are major outliers to what's taking place. That's what's the most incredible thing to me um, of what is taking place with this team is that there is not this overwhelming aspect of like, wow, these five guys are playing so far over their head and there's no way this can be maintained. I actually look at it and say, it's go- you know, the, the one scenario is if teams, if we start taking the ball out of the basket more, we lose that. Right now, they're getting into their offense quickly their teams are on their heels, and if you're on your heels and they start moving it, the shot quality the Jazz are getting is unreal. Absolutely unreal. All right, let's take a bunch of your uh, questions, and the rest. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending is Steve Carter, your personal loan person. Uh, Steve Carter's done an amazing job. Intercap's a great story. I had a nice time over with Steve and, and Brock the other day. I love... I love so much of what's going over at Intercap. I love their growth. I love how they've gotten more and more involved in the community. They did a great backpack campaign before the school year started. I love that Steve Carter has just become our personal guy uh, that's helped out. So Intercap, when we first started, had like two branches. Now they've expanded nationwide. It's their 40th year. Headquarters are in Utah. They've been a long-time company. They do some things differently. They're hyper-responsive. They embrace change. They give a different borrower experience because they're a direct issuer. But most important, what's different about them is our guy, Steve Carter. Steve Carter just gives the greatest experience for anyone out there who is uh, going through the lending experience. We did it with Steve. Our family did. He was so great. And now it's turning out that everyone is equally as good. Uh, Or excuse me, everyone's experience is equally as good. 385-800-8528. 85-28. Dave Thurman said, all I can say is Steve Carter is by far the best loan officer I've ever worked with. That is saying something because I've done my fair share of loans in my lifetime. He's responsive and just down-to-earth person to work with, which is rare. I'm, be sure to recommend him to anyone I know with the highest praise. 
That's consistent. Brad Hickman said the same thing. Intercap lending has been the best experience I've ever had to refinance. Steve Carter gave detailed options custom for my situation. The loan process was made easy by the experience, knowledge, timelessness, and personal nature of Steve and other members of Intercap Lending. Steve Carter is our personal guy. Give him a call at 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465 for more information. Visit intercaplending.com. When you're out there looking to hire, it's not an easy process. Well, Indeed is doing the work for you. You'll find great applicants. You'll figure out what education experience you want. You'll know how to make the right hire because Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes, use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants, and do it fast. Also, add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. The library of more than 50 skills tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make the hiring process decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash LockedOn and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Get a free sponsored upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash lockdown. Terms, conditions, exclusions apply. Offer valid March 31st, 2020. I do need to apologize. I need to send a quick little text here. Um, and I will get it back uh, right on the show. All right. Um, where is there is our Instagram live let's get to your questions thanks for joining the show super appreciate it hello Blake uh, Ryan Scott Lofthouse do you think Gobert and Mitchell are locked to the all-star game now or do they need to beat the Mavs and Rockets first I think I mean after last year you're never confident right like it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't every single person who's done one of these, has them on. Um, Russell Westbrook would have to make the team over Donovan Mitchell, and Devin Booker would have to make the team over Donovan Mitchell. I think Rudy is a pretty good lock. The Jazz are number two in the West. That's really what they needed to do to get two guys. So I feel pretty darn comfortable that the Jazz are going to get two All-Stars. But I was really certain Rudy was going to make it last year too. Um, so I, I, I don't have great faith and trust. I, you know, I don't know who's really filling out these brackets. I don't know if the coaches are taking it seriously. I think they got embarrassed last year. And so I think they, um, um, I, I, I think they'll, they'll do it correctly this year. We'll see. Um, Del Toledo, my niece, Emily is watching for her first time and thinks you're broke because you can't afford a better intro. She's probably right, and I can't afford a haircut, according to Joe Ingles. Uh, love the minivan, but Niang but looks a bit slower and looking out of shape. What's going on with our guy? Well, that's tough. Wow, Gustavo Cano. Uh, I actually think he's done a great job one-on-one defense. I know for a fact he's worked very, very hard to keep his weight down and done a great job with that. Um, so I, I really think he's... Uh, I actually would see the opposite. I think there's been a bunch of one-on-one times. He's not a fleet of foot, superior lateral quickness athlete. 
Um, but I've seen the opposite on that. So I think he plays at his own pace, which is a positive. Um, and the amount of players in this league that are elite athletically are very, very few. Um, and so once you're not elite athletically, you're really just trying to figure out how you're going to be able to to manage it. Um, and I think George has done a pretty good job of that. I think we will see... Uh, I think we will see teams start to isolate George and try to take advantage of him. So far, I have not seen it be wildly successful, but it's worth keeping an eye on. Tad Olson, how do we match up now with the Rockets versus the last couple of years? We have more potent offense and lack of ability to guard Harden and might be causing some PTSD. I mean, I think Harden's still great. His, uh, I'm hearing that you know he's not entirely healthy. His wrist might be causing him some problems, which is um, maybe why he's not shooting so well. Um, you know, their question, I think, as much as anything, is obviously everyone focuses on Ross. Uh, but, you know, where's P.J. Tucker in his age? Where's Eric Gordon coming back from his knee injury? Um, I, I think that's the bigger issue on whether we're, we're better offensively. So we, you know, the problem with us against Houston in the past was that even if we had a good defensive game, we were not able to match their reduced offense with our offense, right? So if we brought their defense down, we couldn't get our offense high enough. That was that was truly the problem that we were having. Now our offense is so good, it's actually better than theirs, that if we can have a good defensive game, we should be able to beat them. And we've caused them more defensive problems than other teams in the past. Uh, so I think that's, you know, we match up better. One, because I'm not sure they're as good. Because P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, and some of those things. And two, we match up better because our offense is so much better that now if we have a good defensive game, which we are not as good defensively, but if we have a good defensive game, our offense can actually match it. Uh, Matt Moon wants to know if he can introduce you to Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles joined the show earlier today. Stopped by the live show. So <clears throat> I, I would have to say that was your chance. And Joe was out in public recently. So Matt, like it's not on me anymore. It's totally 100% on you. Uh, to be able to solve these things. Um, Chris Scott wants to know, with our offense around 120, how does it compare to Golden State's championship years? I, I don't think Golden State was... I mean, we've only been doing this for a short period of time. So Golden State had plenty of time periods in which they were um, there. But the best offenses in the league, Golden State in 15-16 was a 113.5. 16-17, they were a 115. 17-18... They were the the Rockets were the best at 114. It's a good way to explain how amazing 122 is. 18, 19, the Warriors were 115, so were the Rockets. And la, uh, this year the the Mavericks are at 116, which is one of the best the league's ever seen. We're at 111.7. And as we mentioned, you know, since the Jordan Clarkson edition, we're at 122. We have not played. Well, actually, that's not totally true. So in the time period Jordan Clarkson's been with us, we've played the Clippers, who are 6th, the Mavericks, the Magic, who are 7th, the Bulls, who are ninth, and the Pacers, who are 10th, the Nets, who are 11th defensively. We've not played Milwaukee. We've not played Toronto. We've not played Boston. And we've not played Philadelphia or the Lakers, which are the top five defensive teams in the league right now. We did play the Clippers, right? We don't play Philadelphia again. We don't play Milwaukee again. 
So we will not know on those. We do play Toronto again, right? I think. Toronto hasn't come to us. Toronto comes to us when? Or have they already come to us? Nick Nurse has not been in our building yet. No, March 9th, Toronto comes to us. We have not played Boston yet. And we still have more games than the Lakers left. So, I mean, we th- those will be the final tests uh, along the way. Our next stretch of games, we don't play. We actually don't play a bunch of teams that are elite defensively. They're very, as I've been saying, they're very good offensively. And that'll be the telling moment. Um, I do not have any inside information what happened on the Tony Bradley ejection. What I do have is that every game I've ever called that Marquise Chris is involved, there's been an issue. So I have that. Today's show is brought to you in part by Shamrock Auto. Love Rob Taylor over at Shamrock Auto. Not Rob Thomas, Rob Taylor. Rob's a great guy. Huge jazz fan. Must be loving this. Uh, last year, he offered all sorts of championship bonuses if the jazz won won the title. This year, he has not done so. Uh, Rob opened up Shamrock Auto in Pleasant Grove for better cars, no drama, no hassle, great pricing, and his favorite thing is to get you in any truck or sedan you use. Most of his cars are 6 to 12 months old, five to 20,000 miles, Suburbans, Yukons, big SUVs, Utah County Assault Vehicles. He's an independent car dealership uh, just past the point of the mountains. If you're in Draper, Riverton, or Sandy, it's close, but people come from outside the state because of the experience they get with Rob. Rob's favorite thing is if you give him a call and tell him exactly what you're looking for, he'll go and find it. Brady Kimball's his technician. Brady's got years and years of business. And so he turned him into his buyer with 25 years of experience to make sure that every car he gets is fantastic. 801-319-2250. That's 801-319-2250. That's 801-319-2250. Give Rob a call. Talk jazz with him. He'll love that. And find out. What they can do for you or stop by Pleasant Grove. Check out all the reviews as well. It is a great customer experience. And that's what he uh, prides himself. 50% of Shamrock's business comes from prior customers. And the reason is they take care of the customers. They're completely upfront and transparent with their pricing. And they give you out-the-door pricing inside five minutes. All right, let's go back to the questions. What are your thoughts on Kendrick Perkins' suggestion the Jazz should trade Mike Conley for Russell Westbrook? I love Kendrick Perkins. He's really good in the media. He'd be a really, really bad general manager. Uh, let's go to our Instagram, which was dominated by Joe Ingles, and see if we have any questions there to take, because we have not, I have not stepped into the Instagram. Uh, a lot of questions about the double tech. You know, I actually still don't know what happened. I'll be totally honest. Uh, I'm curious to why Conley isn't starting at this point. It seems like starting him against Golden State would help him get reacquainted with the playing starters before the schedule gets hard. You know, I think it's a minutes thing. I mean, until they can up his minutes more and get him healthy... It really would disrupt things down and start. He's been a total pro. I also think we're getting close to that moment. Like I think we're really close to Mike getting his minutes up. He's looked good. He's been healthy. And then uh, you'll see the change. I, I would think that Mike starts again at some point. I mean, Mike Conley's really, really good. Mike Conley's, Mike Conley's got a 13-year track record of being really, really good. And if we're going to win a championship, Mike Conley's going to be a large part of it. So uh, I think that's... Uh, I, I think I think that's where we're heading. And then how the rotation works, Quinn will have to adjust it over the next 40 games to try to figure that out. Uh, King Con 20 says, it's hilarious to me that people want to rip Bradley. He gives you everything you need as a backup center. This is the Mark McNamara theory. I used to live in LA. This was in the 90s. Uh, I was going to college. 
There was a backup center for the Lakers named Mark McNamara. He played at Cal. You've never heard him before. He's not the guy who started IMG. And everyone was talking about him. Like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do about Mark McNamara? Da-da-da. Okay, they had Kareem. They had James Worthy. They had Magic. They had Michael Cooper. They they like had probably Jamal Wilkes. I don't know. They, they had everybody. Like, when you're worrying about Mark McNamara, you're great. Right? So when your biggest concern is whether Emmanuel Moutier will maintain his rhythm as your 10th guy and whether your 9th guy or 12th guy or 14th guy is good enough, you're great. That's, so when, the fact that we're worrying about Tony Bradley is a sign that we're great. That, that's, that's all you need to know. Can we get up to 43 point attempts a game? I doubt it. What are we at about? 33-35 is our break point where if we get that, we win. Um, 40 would be great. It's a little high. We're taking 85 shots a night. I'd like to see 40% of our shots at the rim and 40% of our shots as threes. We will, we will never lose if we do that. Very hard. The other team is trying to take that away. Um, so that's not an easy thing to get done. Uh, how do five-man lineups currently starters compare with Mike uh, versus Royce? You know, the, the lineup we all thought would be the best, which is the Conley, Donovan, Bogdanovich, Ingles, Gobert lineup has actually been our worst lineup. But guys, we're sick no matter who we have on the floor. So that's actually been our worst lineup, but I kind of still go with instinct on that one. It hasn't been very good defensively. Mike and Donovan are, are small up front. Uh, I'm still fine with it. I'd be will, willing to start it, see what happens. Kind of thought it should be our starting lineup the whole year. So you start it, see see how it goes from there. I'm not too worried about it. Um and I think that it will turn out to be just fine. And frankly, you can get into your rotations pretty quickly. Our current starting lineup is ridiculous. It's like a plus 22 uh, per 100. All of our lineups are ridiculous. If you look at our nine-man rotation of who we have on the floor, um, it's, it's remarkable. Uh, is the one seed a possibility? Is four games too much? My quick thought, Joshua, is unless something dramatic happens that goes wrong with the Lakers, it's too much. They're just not going to lose enough games for us to catch them. Right? They've lost nine games in the first half of the season. If they lost nine games in the second half of the season and they win 60 games um, or something of the sort, then we're, then we're all of a sudden going to be, uh, you know, we'd have to go like 30 and two. So I, I do think the number one, we can go ch- or search for the number one seed and maybe the Lakers, something trips up along the way. Uh, but I, I and, and we're going to have a, we're going to have a trip. You know, we're going to have some issue at some point. We'll have an injury or something. That's just how it works. So um, I, I think that I think that you'll see, you know, let's go for the two seed. Like, number one would be great. We can go fight for it. But I do think four games is too much. Lakers have been great. Lakers are great. Uh, are the little hook from Twitch, are the little hook shots and power to the baskets from five feet out something Rudy specifically tried to add this year? Yes. Uh, two hook shots and uh, back-to-back games. Power dunks over people. Uh, absolutely something Rudy's been working on. Quinn's been trying to get him in positions. It's important on the switches for Rudy to be able to take an advantage. And the Jazz have done um, an unbelievable job uh, at that. So uh, they have been, you know, just that's the development of Rudy right now. That's why he, he's just been great. Uh, Cody, do you really call the game standing up? Your call's been great lately. My kid walk around the house shouting David Locke quotes. Uh, they really think Rudy's a monster. Love your passion. Thank you very much, Cody. I do. I try to call every game standing up. The reason we all sat was because we used to be courtside. Now that we're not courtside, if I'm not blocking someone, I try to stand. Um, I try to stand in just about every arena. Um, 
What are the realistic expectations for the next run of games, the next 10? So that's Dallas-Houston at home. San Antonio, Denver, Portland on the road. Denver, Portland at home. Houston, Dallas, and Miami. I don't know. It's going to be fun to see, though. I really don't. It's going to be really, really, really fun to see uh, what we can do in the next 10 games. Uh, Hello to Todd Frederick Wakefield on his first live show. Uh, Twitch wants to know, what do you think about Rajon Tucker? I think Rajon Tucker's going to be great. I think it's really interesting how great these guys are in the G League and they get to the NBA and then it just all looks really too fast for them. Juwan Morgan's been great too. I think they're both going to be fine. Rotational players, good players. They just need time. And we're, you know, we're very good right now, so it's not necessarily something that you can anticipate. Do you trust Tony Bradley in the playoffs for 10 minutes a night? It's getting better every time out there. Let's keep letting him try. I'm not sure how many great backup centers there are. Montrezl Harrell would be a tough matchup for him. Dwight Howard would be a tough matchup for him. JaVale McGee would be a tough matchup for him. Houston doesn't really have a backup center. Denver's Plumlee would be interesting. I mean, it's hard. Those guys are all really good. That's a that's a tough setup for him, I think. Thank you very much for everybody who stopped by. Thanks to Joe Ingles for stopping by and saying hi for a quick minute and telling me to get a haircut. Maybe I'll do that coming up. But then Joe wins. Now I can't get a haircut. Have a great one. Thanks for tuning in. It's Thursday. Locked on NBA with Ben Golliver. He was at the Zion debut, so right now, Tell your smart device to play podcast locked up. Most recent episode of podcast locked on NBA. Have a good one. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.